I got a good story for you today. It's going to explain something you might have been grappling with in a pretty simple way. It's also going to highlight the difference between peer support and peer advice. Because, well, you don't actually want to take advice from those stepmoms who are walking the path to being single again. And if you didn't know this already, that's three out of four of them. How can you tell who to listen to? You're listening to the Essential Stepmom Podcast, unconventional advice and inspiration on the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy Poisner, mom of one, stepmom of three. I woke up one day after more than 10 years of step parenting challenges like alienation, loyalty, high conflict, and long distances, and found myself standing in what appeared to be the actual light at the end of the tunnel. This podcast is my way of shining that light back over my shoulder so you and all the others can find your way here too. If you want more of what you hear on this podcast, connect with me at EssentialStepMom.com where you'll find my blog, podcast show notes, and other stepmom-related resources. So here's the story I promised. Last week, I was scrolling around my Facebook feed, and I belong to a lot of groups, like a lot. Some of them are stepmom groups, and some are parenting groups, women's networking groups, healthy living groups, lots of things. I came across a post in a positive parenting group that really interested me, partly because of the question and partly because of all the answers. This mom needed some support around something that happened with her son, and she wasn't sure how to make sense of it. She and her three-year-old were having milk and cookies. She took out four cookies, and he put two on her plate and two on his plate. So she must have had something to do for a moment because the boy gobbled up his cookies before she even got to start on hers. She admits that she didn't really want the cookies, and that's what messed up her head when her son asked her to share her cookies with him. She said, no, I don't want to share. She had the idea that it was a good moment to teach a lesson about boundaries, that it's okay for someone to not want to share and you have to respect that. And I agree with this, by the way, as counterintuitive as that may be. I learned a lot from Patty Whipfler and her wonderful website, handinhandparenting.org, about how to deal with sharing and especially sibling issues. Her book called Listen is a fantastic resource too. She never makes kids share. She doesn't let them grab a toy and she doesn't make them fork over a toy. Whoever has something first gets to play with it until they're done. She helps the other child deal with their own frustration and disappointment, which is the bigger lesson actually. When kids are feeling good, they share naturally. So I have no problem with the principal, but predictably the little boy in question here had a full-on meltdown because he wanted those extra cookies. Mom felt guilty because she was holding her ground. She didn't want to give in on principle. She held him in her arms while he cried out his frustration until he felt all better. So this part is great. That was some awesome parenting. She helped her son learn to manage his frustration. As a mom, I confess that I did a crappy job of that way back when because I couldn't handle my daughter's big feelings. And so she learned not to express them. When she was out of control, I felt out of control. And so I stepped in to take control so that I could feel better. I'm pretty sure I messed her up big time in that area. If I could do one thing over as a parent, 
it would be to hold space for my child to just rage and cry without feeling like I was supposed to do something to make it stop. Anyway, that's something that I learned about parenting on the internet that I wish I had known years ago. It would have improved my relationship with my daughter and probably helped her develop her own personality in a more balanced way. I didn't have sisters or cousins around me raising their kids. I didn't even have a lot of friends in the same stages of child raising, so I missed some pieces that would have really helped me. So it's great that we have a lot of resources around us now to make up for the fact that most of us don't have our village around us anymore. You know, the village that it takes to raise a child? The people we knew personally who modeled good parenting for us, who helped our mothers raise us. Relatives, friends, neighbors, professionals, people whose families we knew, people who were known by others we knew. As stepmoms, the situation is dramatically more difficult. How many of us have other stepmoms in our lives? Add in all the different circumstances that come into play when you're talking about a bonus family, and it's no wonder we all feel like we're just winging it as a stepmom. Peer support is a really important resource we're finally reaching out for as stepmoms. It's great that the internet has made it possible to connect with other women who can relate to the challenges in your own home. More than anything, we need to know that we're not alone in the problems we face. And that's often just the boost we need to regain confidence in our role. Like, thank God, it's not about me. This is a thing and other people are talking about it. Peer support is awesome. But when you're finding your peers on social media, it's one thing to feel a sense of community, but something else to look for advice. You have to be a little bit careful who you get your advice from, especially stepmom advice. You may have already heard that almost three quarters of all stepmoms around the world are headed for the ditch, so to speak, because that's how many second marriages with kids fail to stay together. Those statistics come from the U.S. Census Bureau via the Step Family Foundation, and you can find them at stepfamily.org. I'm not trying to freak you out with those numbers, but they mean that it's safe to assume that the advice most stepmoms are giving out is sketchy at best and dangerous at worst. If you're a social media stepmom, you know what kind of advice I'm talking about. It's seeing the single word RUN typed in all caps. Or my personal favorite, you knew what you were signing up for. It's the women who insist that you have to love your stepkids as your own. Or the ones who say, they do what I tell them. My house, my rules. Here's the thing. When you're sitting right inside a situation, it's really hard to see it with any perspective. All these women are in the same place the danger zone of the first five to seven years of step-parenting, when it's not clear yet if your house, your rules, is going to work out for you or not. My friend Christina Providence says, you can't change a flat tire from inside the car. That's a great analogy. We're either trying to work on something that's happening in our blind spot, or we make things way more complicated than they need to be. And this can be true for biological parents as much as step-parents. Here's what the mom with the cookie problem heard from her peers. Lots of them jumped in to debate the merits of sharing your own food with your child. 
or to share the circumstances under which they would or wouldn't do that. Some told her she was being selfish because she didn't even want those cookies. She said so herself. Some told her she was being dishonest by not eating her cookies or that it wasn't the right way to teach this lesson. Others complained about how their kids take food off their plate all the time and how annoying that is. I read comments that said, three is too young to learn about not sharing, and others said that it's a cold, cruel world out there and it's better if he learns this harsh lesson from you. One mom insisted that the boy had simply eaten his own portion while sharing would actually involve giving away some of your own portion. Reading all of this, I felt like a total outlier, which I am, as you probably already know, and it doesn't bother me. There were a few women that commented, and I'll refer to them as sisters in spirit, because they said exactly what was on my mind. But besides that, the whole thing was like watching 200 moms jumping around together in a giant bouncy castle of parenting conundrums. When you go to social media looking for advice, you want to hear from someone who's already been in a similar situation, even if nobody will ever be in the exact same situation because no two families are exactly alike. That being said, you want someone to tell you what they did and how that worked out for them. What you don't want is to hand over the mic to people who just want to theorize about what they would do in your place. You need an account from those who have already been down that road and can describe the landscape over the next hill. And that's exactly how I got into this stepmom help business. I saw legions of stepmoms swirling around the same whirlpool, grasping onto each other for comfort or burdening each other with projections of their own anxiety, but not enough people standing on the shore throwing out life preservers. Of course, I'm not the only experienced stepmom hanging out on social media. There are lots of us, and we do this because it feels like important work. Apparently, there are at least 1,200 new step families forming every single day in the U.S. alone. Clearly, there's a huge need for sound advice, and there could never be too many of us chipping in to help. When I first started my own Facebook community, The Spectacular Stepmom, I looked around in other groups for women giving what I thought was really good advice. Women who were sharing wisdom that came from their actual life experience. And then I invited those women to be part of my group so that when the newbies started arriving, they could count on hearing something different than whatever they were hearing from the my way or the highway crowd. I still invite wise stepmoms to join all the time. And I invite them to talk with me on my live videos and on this podcast. I learn new things from every one of them, and I'm grateful because I want to be learning new stuff all the time and passing it along. So I got a little sidetracked here. I'll tell you what I wrote to the mom with the cookie problem right after this word from our sponsor, Stepmom Success Lab. Stepmom Success Lab is a program I run for stepmoms who want to fast track the learning curve with insights, explanations, and strategies they can use now instead of wishing later on they had known them sooner. Stepmom Success Lab is for you if you appreciate my unconventional approach, if you're someone who wants to think for yourself, 
who doesn't want to squeeze yourself into someone else's preconceived box of what a stepmom is supposed to be. It's a way to fill in the gaps in your knowledge of parenting, step-parenting, and step-family dynamics. Because, Lord knows, no matter who you are, nobody comes prepared to this gig. You can do the whole program podcast style, listening to me deliver the content on audio downloads, or you can watch me on video if you prefer. You can do it over five or six weeks, or you can binge it all in a weekend if you want. I made a guided workbook to go along with each module, because if you're like me, you need to write stuff down to really digest the ideas. Then just show up to one or more of the live video help sessions, and I'll be there in person to answer your questions and to help you over the bumps in the road as you try out some new moves on your actual bonus family. I've run this program three times already, and I love getting feedback from the participants. Here's what one stepmom had to say. Listen up. So, so great. I'm loving this. This course has helped me so much. I feel like every stepmom in the world should take this course. And guys, I didn't even pay her to say that. So if you'd like to hurry up already and find your place as a stepmom, to feel confident that whatever you're doing is on the right track, and to build a support network of other stepmoms who think like you do, join us. Stepmom Success Lab is starting for the fourth time on September the 1st, and I'm hoping to see you there. Look for the special early bird price that's good only until October 25th. You'll find all the info you need at training.essentialstepmom.com. That's training.essentialstepmom.com. Okay, back to my story about the cookies. Remember, there were four cookies on the table. The boy put two on his plate and two on mom's plate. He ate his cookies, and then he wanted her to share her cookies with him. And she said, I don't want to share. Here's what I wrote. I said, I think you did share. He got two and you got two. I'm not sure why you felt you wanted to say like you, that you didn't feel like sharing instead of explaining that the sharing already happened. He gobbled up his two cookies and now they're inside his tummy, while your two cookies are still outside your tummy. But the sharing already happened. I told this little cookie story in a live stream to my Facebook community, even though it wasn't a stepmom story, strictly speaking, and it really struck a chord there because I think it totally relates to sharing the parenting of your partner's kids. If they have a living mother, the sharing has already happened. Your spouse shares the parenting of his children with their mother, like it or not, whether she has them half the time, some of the time, or none of the time. None of that responsibility belongs to you simply by virtue of your relationship with him. All of the responsibility was his before you got together, probably even before you knew him. Here's another image I like to use. Biological parents are each holding one end of a plank or a log that their kids are sitting on. Maybe they're even standing on it or jumping around if they want to make you nervous. The point is, when the parents get divorced or separated, they each still hold their end of the log. And when you get together with someone holding his end of parenthood up, you're not supposed to share the weight of that. You're not supposed to take turns holding it up. That doesn't mean that you don't help him in lots of ways. 
You can hold an umbrella to shield him from the elements. You can bring food and drinks. You can bring over a chair so he can sit down for a while. You can hold his hand, tell him stories, cheer him up. It could be okay for him to ask you to hold his end up while he runs for a pee, but not while he goes out with the guys or plays Xbox. He has to acknowledge that the heavy lifting belongs to him alone. I hear all the time from stepmoms whose partners think that the parenting of his kids should be shared equally, just like it was the last time around. And that's the image he has of family, because it's the only one he knows. He can't wrap his head around the idea that he is the parent and you're there to support him, not to do the heavy lifting for him. There's no good cop, bad cop this time around. He has to be both of those himself. And I also know that there are many stepmoms who enjoy the feeling of being a parent, of being a mom. They want to do the parenting. They want to give away their cookies in exchange for a feeling of purpose, for an identity, for a place of respect. The problem with that comes when the kids don't acknowledge your authority to parent them. And guess what? They can make your life a living hell. This is not a nuclear family where the marriage partnership comes first because, well, it did come first. Like you and your spouse were together first and then you had kids. So your relationship came first. In a repartnered family, your partner had a relationship with his kids before you came along. And it doesn't mean that your marriage isn't important. It means that you need to work with that reality. Instead of trying to squeeze everyone into a mold that they'll never fit into and then having everyone act out in ways that don't make any sense because none of it makes any sense. Sometimes you get used to giving away cookies you don't really want and it comes around to bite you in the backside. Here's what one stepmom in our group had to say. This is exactly what happened in my marriage. I didn't really want any of the cookies. So I kept giving all of mine away. When I started to get exhausted and wanted one of my cookies back, suddenly we had huge issues. By then, my husband felt entitled to all of my cookies and felt like I was being mean and selfish for keeping one to myself. Can I tell you a secret? His kids don't actually want you to take any of the heavy lifting from him anyway. They want to be parented by dad. Think you're a better parent than him? Maybe. But who cares? He'll learn as he goes along, just as he would be doing if he'd never met you. Does he expect you to share the parenting load with him? Too bad. He needs to accept the bitter truth that his kids have a mother and however much he can't stand her. He doesn't get to just nominate you to replace her and carry the other end of the log for him. Where does that leave you in your relationship with the kids? How will they know you care about them? You can learn to be nurturing without mothering. And that right there is the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. It's the delicate dance of learning how to nurture and care without mothering. And it might feel impossible, but believe me, it's not. It's the crazy, unexpected kind of closeness that comes from leaving more space for letting go 
and trusting things to unfold the way they will. How that looks will be a little different for each of you, but think about how you might care for your best friend's kids. You won't let them run into the street and you might not let them eat a whole tub of ice cream, but you won't be grounding them for a week or taking away their phone privileges. You won't be fretting over whether or not they do their homework or if their bedroom is tidy. You pay attention to them, to who they are, to what they're interested in. You foster their talents. You encourage their confidence. You help him get all the connection they need with their dad. And you help him be the best dad he can be. You make him a happier dad. You help him show them what a loving marriage partnership looks like. I do a lot of things to help my husband with his kids. I cook a lot of the meals. I attend a lot of concerts and events. I used to help with the long drive to go and visit them. And I've taken time off work to care for them. But all of those things are things I do for him because I love him and for the kids because I love them, not because I'm their new mother. My husband still asks me before assuming that I'll just step up and do something that's his job. And he appreciates the favor. Whatever you choose to do to help your partner with the hard work of caring for kids is your gift to him and to them. It's not your job. If he thinks it's your job, you need to share a plate of cookies and have a talk. That's all for this episode. I hope you're enjoying this show. Go ahead and subscribe to get a new episode from me every Tuesday. And please take a second to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. As you know, that will make it much easier for other stepmoms to find us. We have two more episodes left in this first season, and then I'll be taking a break before season two to focus on my work with the participants of Stepmom Success Lab, which starts on September 1st. There's still time for you to join us, and the early bird prize is good until August 25th. Check it out at training.essentialstepmom.com. I'd love to see you there. Next season will be all about answering listener questions. Feel free to reach out with your step family issues, and I'd love to respond on a future podcast. You can find me at info at essentialstepmom.com. See you next week. That's all for this episode. I hope you're enjoying this show. Go ahead and subscribe to get a new episode from me every Tuesday. And please take a second to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. As you know, that'll make it much easier for other stepmoms to find us. We have one more episode left in this season, and then I'll be taking a break before season two to focus my work with the participants of Stepmom Success Lab, which starts on September 1st. There's still time for you to join us, and the early bird price is good until August 25th. Check it out at training.essentialstepmom.com. I'd love to see you there. That's training.essentialstepmom.com. Next week's episode is all about the disengaging essay. If you've never heard of that, just Google it, and you'll find it on the website Blended Family Frappe. I think my interview with Marit Miller is a perfect bookend to this first season, 
since I started off talking about overstepping and we finish off with the best and most loving way to find the best balance for your family. I also think it's the best episode of the whole season, so don't miss it. Remember, you can always find me at info at essentialstepmom.com. See you next week.